In this week's episode, we're doing a deep dive into the different types of reselling business models. That's right, listener. If you actually want to make money reselling, then you need to be implementing strategies targeted toward a specific business model. We'll share with you which models we use and go over the pros and cons of both. This sounds like it might be boring. In the spring of 2021, after a full year of enduring a global pandemic with no choice but to homeschool their children, two sisters come together and decide to take back control. With very few choices left in this new world, they decide to start reselling clothes online and recording the ups and downs of their experiences in hopes of helping other struggling moms. We are the Thrifter Sisters. So, obviously, another huge Britney update. Um, Hulu has released through New York Times a another documentary called Controlling Britney Spears that I watched the other night, stayed up way too late, and uh, just very troubling stuff, like mirroring her iPhone through an iPad so they can see all of her incoming texts and calls and who knows what. No one knows if that's legal or not or if the judge knew about it. And also the fact that um, she appears to have gone missing as far as we are concerned right now on social meds um, just days before she's supposed to be going in front of the judge again with her dad. So court, the court hearing is this Wednesday, the 29th, and we have not seen her face. I posted this in our Instagram mm-hmm. stories this weekend. We have not seen a current Britney picture or video on her Instagram since right after she got engaged and her account got deleted. It came back, and then we're, like, it's only old, which we talked about last week, so we don't need to talk about it again. Yeah. Um, so we've both watched the Controlling Britney documentary on Hulu through New York Times, and they interviewed people that never would come forward before because of the NDAs that they've signed. It was a former security person, someone who was on, was it on her circus tour? Oh, circus and yeah. Vegas, in her Vegas runs. And then um, she was, like, the costume manager and then Felicia, I don't remember her last name, but we all know her from all from just Britney's past. She is from Kentwood, Louisiana. Um, she was a family friend, and she was the one that, from the beginning of Britney's career, was her assistant because her mom couldn't be with her. And so Felicia, like, went in. So it was just lots of information that we haven't heard before, um, particularly, oh, there was this other guy who, like, was the manager of the circus yes. show. Mm-hmm. And they just gave a bunch of, like, really upsetting information about how Britney's been controlled behind the scenes and things that we've all suspected, but nobody has ever come out forward. And all of them were scared because they're like, they, you know, these people will come after our careers because of this. But they're like, this is a person who's being held hostage. And they felt compelled. They had to say something because the truth has to get out. After they saw the Framing Britney one that came out back in the spring. And then after she was able to speak, because it started with her like speaking at the last hearing. And all these people are like, oh, my gosh, she's got her voice out there. We have to support her. I mean, she needs help. Yeah. So kudos to those people. I'm sure that was very scary for them because financially they could be destroyed. Ruined. Uh, but hopefully, like the industry, you know, sees that these are people that are just trying to. But the thing is, they could get sued, man, for I after know. signing those I NDAs. Know. And this is how much people love you, Brittany. Oh, so um, anyway, we I had kind of considered maybe we should wait and do the Brittany update because this will get released Thursday, but the court case is on Wednesday. Yeah. 
Um, but let's we'll just leave it at this. Um, we will update you next week for next week's episode um, on what happened with the court case. The conservative sh- conservatorship could potentially end on Wednesday. Um, there's a bunch of different factors involved, which I was reading into this weekend, um, which we won't get into those details. But just keep your fingers crossed. Keep um, sending out, shooting out those good vibes towards a girl, Brit Brit. And let's hope for the best for Wednesday. Free Brittany. Free Brittany. Let's get into it. I'm Lindsay. I'm Lacey. And we are two sisters who are reselling stuff online. On the onlines. <laughs> Through a series of tubes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Gotta keep them clear. Don't let them get clogged up. <laughs> and I'm very happy that we are back in studio. Yay, it sounds so much better. Like, like we've already gone back to the two little part pieces that we've recorded and listened to and we're like, oh, you can actually hear both of us. Yes. Like you probably just heard me scoot my chair a little bit even. The sound quality is so much better than the previous like three episodes. Yeah, I mean, you literally could not hear me for most of last we're week's so episode. We're so sorry, listener. And we felt like last week was a really good topic. A lot of you were engaging with that Instagram post that we made about it and you were interested in the topic and you just couldn't hear Lacey by the way we were recording and then we're sorry. It's I had a lot of good things to say, too. I know. I know. Well, here we are back in studio closet. <laughs> we're super happy. Um, this week's episode is coming from a listener request. That's right. We had a listener request. Let's not tell them who it was. <laughs> they know who they are. <laughs> That's right. You know who you are. This one's for you and anyone else interested. We are discussing business models. You can I mean, I guess you could just get on and like willy-nilly be doing stuff and junks online but you can actually be more strategic strategery strategery i majored in strategery i did too (laughs) you can actually be more strategic it's strategic strategic about it (laughs) to have a you're doing really good (laughs) i told you this this episode's boring it's important. It is an important topic. It is very important. But it's not one that I think resellers are going to be like, ooh, this is fun. <laughs> this is a fun topic. So we are constantly talking about our business models that we follow. And we had a listener ask what those are and what that means because they just didn't really understand. So we just kind of wanted to deep dive into that. And kind of for those of you who don't know or maybe haven't picked a business model for yourself, maybe you could hear this and then think, oh, you know, I could actually benefit a little more if I put a little more thought into this. So there are, I, and I, I, well, I don't know where you looked at your research, but we're, um, I learned all about this at the beginning when I first started reselling from YouTube videos, watching just different yeah. experienced resellers, um, particularly Mogi Beth, because she has a really good YouTube video about the different business models and she really breaks it down. We are not going to go quite as into depth as hers. You can, um, I have it linked in the show notes if you want to go watch her video on that explaining like she's she actually put numbers up on the screen. We're not going to go into that depth, but we are going to break down. We're going to explain what the three different ones are and the pros and cons of each one and then um, discuss which ones that we do. Yep, yep, yep. Um, So you want to start with talking about the three different business models then? Okay, so there are three. The first one is the high ASP that is average sales price. And that means your average the average price of your sale not like what you're making gross profit or anything like that um just the, pr- the price of that item is higher there's different 
very not variations. There's Tiers. Diff- different ideas people have of what is a high higher ISP. Definitely, it needs to be twenty five dollars or more. Some people say it needs to be fifty, but um, just you know, definitely nothing below twenty five. Yeah, that is like the cost of what the buyer is paying. There's the low cost of goods, low cogs. That is, your items are more than likely, not always, sometimes you can score, but um, more than likely, very, uh, do you want me to do this part? (laughs) All right, go ahead. I'm going to keep this in. Go. Oh, okay. Um, So lower cost of goods is you're going to be typically spending little to possibly even none on your cost of goods, on your items that you're um, selling. Uh, So like the bins, the Goodwill bins where you can get, you know, clothes by weight and uh, like the bag sale that I go to at my local church thrift store where I can get as much as I can cram into a grocery bag for $10. Um, half off days at Goodwill, um, you know, free inventory, maybe somebody like just gives you that they don't want anymore. Yeah, you can find stuff like that on Facebook Marketplace mm-hmm. or just friends and family that are just looking to unload. They're, mm-hmm. they're like, I was going to donate this stuff anyway. Do you want it to sell? Exactly. Um, and then there are the people who kind of go like in between and do just a little bit of both. Right. And what I didn't say about the high, high ASP, typically your cost of goods for those items is higher. Yeah, you're going to be paying up. Yeah. And I can't I don't know if we've written this down below, but like the way you would get your inventory for your higher higher ASP um thread up for example. Um auctions, online auctions, buy sell trade stores, consignment stores. Oh, retail arbitrage. Yeah, that's another great example. Yeah, and we'll we have that written in the notes. We'll talk about what retail arbitrage is later mm-hmm. on because that was something I did not a word I didn't know until we got into reselling. Yeah, same here. I didn't know it either. So according to Mogi Beth, who everybody knows is like you know she knows not not that she is the only one. I feel like she has a very particular business model that is not possible to obtain for most people. Right, and good for her for figuring that out. Like she's obviously super smart. When you watch her videos, she knows her biz. Um, but just from getting into the reseller community on Instagram, you just see that there's so many different ways to be successful as a reseller. I'm just using this example just because she does using her as an example in this just because she does have that YouTube video that was so thoughtfully and put together and just so easily explained the different business models. And that was my first entry into learning yeah, about same. this as well. So it, according to her, you need to pick one of those three business models to be successful. And she does not think that in-betweeners can be. Like I said, her video goes into numbers and a way deeper explanation that I am qualified to get into. So you can go watch that if you want to. Um, But we're going to discuss. Oh, I have it written in here. This is where we're going to discuss which ones we are going to (laughs) do. Which business models that we are both doing. Yes. All right. So you go. So I am following the um, low cogs, the low cost of goods model. Um, And that means that my goal is that I need to be selling and listing a ton more items than, say, Lindsay is doing because she's doing the high ASP model. So I'm attempting. Right. I'm We're t- both attempting to do both of these things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really working to get towards a high ASP business model. So with low cogs, you need to be, you're going to be spending less on your inventory. And therefore, your inventory that's going out is probably not going to be of such high end, such high level. It's not going to bring you back such, you know, a high ASP. And it's not, but you can't have a faster turnaround. Um, 
because you're hitting a more like broad market of people who are willing to spend like $25 and under on items. Um, and the problem with that is that you do need to be listing a bunch of stuff to really see that profit come back at you. Well, hold on. We're going to we'll get into the pros and cons of each one later. So just right now, discuss like your like your you're doing low cogs and then yeah. and then talk about like how you're finding your inventory. So I went to the bins recently for the first time. Um, it was yeah. great for my business model because, um, like I said, they, you know, they get your stuff by weight. Have and you so, have you sold anything from that bins trip yet? I can't remember if I have now or not. I think I have. Um, but I definitely have sold a lot of stuff that I've gotten at the bag sale at my mm-hmm. local church thrift store. And that's I'm averaging like a dollar twenty five or two dollars a piece on items that I'm yeah. buying there, you know, and so to turn that around for like twenty five bucks. Well, boom, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and that's typically but I, I do have to go to regular Goodwills a lot because the bag sales only um, once a month for a whole week. It's like the third week of every the third full week of every month, which for your business model, like you need to be getting. Not that you can't ever source at the Goodwill, mm-hmm. but that needs to be, like, your minimum. Yeah. Like, you need to be getting most of your inventory from the bins, from the bag sales. Like, we really need to expand our sourcing um, trail, tr- not trail, roots, mm-hmm. and figure out – oh, sorry, hit the mic. Um, <laughs> figure out some better places for you to source this lower yeah. cogs. It's very inventory. There's a dog. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> ignore ignore the animals. Um, well, um, you had and talk about your high ASP. So I honestly, I think both of us are more falling in between the in-betweener business models right now because we are sourcing the majority of our inventory from Goodwills and we are not selling most of that for higher. Like it would be fine if we were selling all of those items for $40, $50 a piece Mm -hmm. because we're paying roughly $5, I would say, for most of our Mm -hmm. inventory, which would be great if we were like when I make anything above uh, sell anything above thirty five on a piece that I source from a goodwill I'm like oh hot dog that's yeah. a good one <laughs> but the, you know it's not turning out to be the case most of the time mm-hmm. then there's also like those unicorns where I found that citizens of humanity like duster military surplus style like yeah. poncho-y thing with tags right new with tags got it for five bucks sold it for hundred twenty five dollars full price that was awesome amazing and obviously that does not happen for right particularly us like oh my gosh I just drool over people. I know. Instagrams where I'm like, you got that at Goodwill? You got that at the bins? Yeah. Like, it's just we're in a small town and we just don't like it. But, but, you know, I don't want to be complaining about what we have. We are just trying to figure out how to make it work with what we do have access to. And to fit into these business models that we're trying to implement. I honestly do think right now we are both falling more into the in-betweeners and we're both trying to break out of that. Lacey needs to be pumping out way more volume. Mm -hmm. Um. I really upped my volume this month and I'm really seeing that like show up in my sales. Like I've already sold more this month um, by about $500 than I have in previous months, Uh, maybe even $600. I've listed more this month than I ever have. And um, I was really, I've been working, I I had started early on to try to go for that higher ASP. And the, one of the problems with that, which we'll get into in the cons is that, it's a lot of capital up front. So I got to the point where I was just getting frustrated because it had been so many months and I still was in the red that finally I was like, all right, I'm just going to like sell stuff only source from Goodwill from now. I'm going to get into the black. And then once I hit that like zero balance, I'm going to start going back and buying higher end prices things. And also I'm still sourcing at the Goodwill. Um, but anyway, so I've been sourcing through thread up. I've done a couple of, um, 
estate sale auctions. Like I got a vintage lot I've talked about here on mm-hmm. here before, um, which I paid up for, but I mean, turned out to be super successful yeah. for me. Um, oh, consignment. Yep. I bought some Rothy's on, at a consignment store. Did not turn out to make a huge profit margin on those. They did sell for $85 and I bought them for 40 Yeah, and but, quickly too. Very quickly. But after fees, it was like 20 bucks of profit. But um, but I that's... And then the things I have sourced through like thread up, I haven't lost money on anything, but I've also not made a huge profit on each. So I'm just still trying to figure that out and learn that um, most of those items that I've sourced from thread up, I've made $15 off of, mm-hmm. which whatever, because it's the minimal, like I'm sourcing from my couch or bed most of yeah. the time. So at least I'm not spending time going out and digging through the thrift store. But when I'm spending that much on inventory, you know, some of the stuff's 30, 50, 70. I think I even have an $80 dress. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to be making far more than $15. Yeah. But at least I haven't lost money at this point. And it's all just learning and learning brands, figuring out what sells. There are a couple of items that I've paid up for that have paid off for me. Um, I somehow got a Farm Rio dress off thread up for like $50. It was a kimono style. It was gorgeous. New with tags. Awesome. I can't tell you how that happened, but it did. And, you know, I more than doubled my money. I think the kids are below us. Are they in the basement? I keep hearing voices echo in the headphones. I do too. Oh, they're outside on the deck yelling <laughs> at video games. <laughs> well, mom lies. Now we're coming back into like, oh, we were so proud that our sound quality is good today. <laughs> and now you're just going to hear the animal circus in the background. Okay. So those are our two business models. Let's get into the pros and cons of each one. Why don't you, since you do the cogs, why don't you start reading okay. through the pros and cons of that? Um, so low cogs, low cost of goods. Uh, the cons, even though getting volume inventory is easier, processing and listing is very time consuming and your time is a resource. And there's also a lot more competition for this business model because the items that you're picking up are very um, saturated. Yeah, they're in the saturated market, and there's like the, so much of it out there. They're mostly mall brands. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You just have to know that and uh, price accordingly. Like, I recently just dropped all of my prices by like 30%, and I don't have my stuff listed that high. But I was like, I'm hitting these lulls. And so I just went and did everything down by 30%, and I made like seven sales that day when that happened. And I'm just going to keep my prices at those markings and stop trying to like push it up these mall brands to these higher like ASPs because it's not going to happen. No. I just need to accept that and move on. Um, yeah. You've got to keep things moving when yeah. you're doing the, the low cogs model. Like you're selling more each month. You're listing more yeah. each month. Like you like you've got to be open to accepting most offers that yeah. come through. I rarely counter an offer. If somebody sends me an offer because it's usually such a low price anyway that, you know, if they're unless it's like a low ball offer, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to make a nickel. You know, I, I'll accept almost all offers because I just want to get my inventory in and out. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about just volume, volume, move, mm-hmm. move, move with your business model. And okay. the pros are that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, no, we said all those. Yeah. I did, like we were talking about like your time in the cost of goods, you know, you're going to make a return. You're going to. Well, that's the pros. Yeah. But like your time is your biggest resource. Yeah. And that's I think we've discussed this recently. I have stopped modeling my own stuff because it's so time consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, 
our bonus mom did just get me an amazing dress form for my belated birthday present. Um, so I'm using that and I stopped looking for stock photos and, you know, because that is just so time consuming mm-hmm. and I just not going to waste my time on that anymore. Yeah, um, that's smart. Like it goes with your business model. You yeah. just like pump, pump, pump volume. Yeah. Pump it up. Pump it up. Pump. Oh, okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pros. Um, so this business model, you have a much lower financial risk because you're not paying up for things. Um, and we've talked about this before, like how our suggestion is when you're getting into this to just source from your own closet, go into your closet, pull out stuff. Mm-hmm. So then, then there's no risk at the beginning. Take what you make off of stuff you've sold in your own, clo- own closet, mm-hmm. go to Goodwill, start because you, it just you can watch all the YouTube videos in the world, listen to our podcast, get on Instagram, but it really you, it's just trial and error. Figure yeah. out what works for you and your business model. Because there's a massive learning curve, you know. So when you do the low cogs, like there's just no risk of losing. You, you start with what you sell from your house, your house, buy inventory from there. Yeah, I mean, for example. On quarantine past week, I couldn't go get inventory and I was running out of things to list. So I went into my own closet, my own personal closet, and I got um, this cute little flapper style hat that I've had forever. I don't think I've worn it in like 15 years. And I listed it and it sold like within that same day. Um, You know, I made like, I think, 23 bucks off of it. That's that's great. You know, so it's great. Um, And then you have a much easier time finding inventory for this low cogs business model because you're not trying to get those higher end brands and those are hard to find. That's why they're called bolos. Be on the lookout for because they're not every day going to be in front of your face. Um, and you do have a much larger customer base that you are reaching out to. Um, kind of back into the cons, though, is that 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 customer base tends to be a little pickier because they mm-hmm. are being a little more frugal because they may not have so much disposable income. So they want to make sure that their item that they're getting is exactly as described and they're not asking a million questions and then they want to challenge your measurements and most likely the people that are going to open up cases against you because, you know, they're being frugal with their money and they want to make sure they're getting what they asked for. Yeah. Um. So you do have to kind of expect that. But I haven't seen that to be too horrible on my end. And, you know, I deal with a lot of great customers. Um, and then to be successful, you absolutely need low shipping costs. So you can get those free United States Postal Service supplies um, on their website, which is so awesome. I had no idea that was even a thing until we started doing this. Yeah, we learned that from the Instagrams, mm-hmm. I think. So awesome. So I got like, you know, shoe boxes and like priority mail, large bit box and medium box. And you, can you just can, get and you can order those online. You can go into the USPS mm-hmm. um, website. And it's completely to, free, and they ship into, it to your house. Yeah, for free. You go into the shipping, and when you go into sh- the shipping tab, there's a bunch of stuff that you can also purchase for monies. But, like, get the free stuff. Get the free, the um, the USPS priority ship boxes. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, various sizes. There's also those, they're not poly mailers, but they're like that. I don't know yeah. what they're called. But I, I get a lot of those. I get those, actually, at the post office. I can't ever find those on the website. I get um, poly mailers from Amazon because I got like a hundred of them, and I think they're like seven bucks. Yeah, I do. I do have some of those too. I kind of intermingle them back and forth because I do want to use those free ones. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's worth it. Um, yeah. So why don't you get into the pros and cons of the high ASP? Well, keep model. keep going through that number three to be successful. You know, we talked about already oh, to yeah, accept, accept lots, lots of, of offers, um, and then you want to spend like I was just saying, spend mm-hmm. less time creating your listings because time is money. A lot of people um, who do the low cogs model, they don't even spend a lot of time like editing their photos. And yeah, one, um, who was I listening to? I don't know if it was Mogi Beth or not. I think it might have been. And she was saying like, 
not even to include measurements on yeah. which I because that is time consuming to sit there and like measure each item. Um, but I find whenever I don't include a measurement on there, inevitably I'll get like 15 people being like, what's the bust measurement? What's the sleeve measurement? What's the length? You know, what's the end? So I I just put it on there. You know, I don't take pictures of it and put it on there, but I do mm-hmm. add it into the listing. I just find it helpful. All right. So moving into the highest high ASP, the pros and cons, um, the money required to get started up. Like I said, this frustrated me early on because I've been working for months and was still in the negative because I spent a lot of money on inventory. Um, so it, according to the Mogi Beth like model, it's going to take you about five months before you start making money, which actually turned out to be what it was for me about mm-hmm. five months. Um, but, you know, I am finally making money now. Like I paid to get my hair done last month. I'm paying for my tattoo, my tattoo this month, what I made this month. I had a new, I had a tattoo appointment this morning, y'all. It did not happen. She didn't show up. And so, I, you know, I was bummed and I left after 20 minutes. And then she called me about 30 minutes later. She's like, I am so sorry. I just had to turn. I was on my way up to the studio and I had to turn around and go pick up my kid from school because he barfed all over himself i was like okay well i'm glad i didn't see you then because you're probably a carrier right now god no thank you so anyway um from what i've made this month i'm reinvesting um i've paid up for a lot of inventory this month again i've started doing that again Lacey was here this morning when my thread up box just arrived actually got some good stuff in there two reformation dresses and a self-portrait dress i got those on sale there was um a sale a few weeks ago very pretty um so yeah, that that's a big con, the capital that it takes to get started and it does take months. So I And then when you're learning, like you're inevitably going to be spending up on stuff that is not going to sell well or is going to sit there forever. You're going to get like even out and not, you know, yeah. get money back, but you know, so that that's a risk. It's harder. Yeah. It's and it's harder to find inventory in this category. Yes, like I said, I found that Citizens of Humanity duster at Goodwill for five bucks recently and made huge profit on it. That's amazing. That's just not how this normally works. And we all know that for most of us in most of the country, people obviously in the fashion cities, yeah, they have a different situation than the majority of resellers. Absolutely. And good for y'all. That's awesome. But we have to remember they also have their stuff priced up at their Goodwills. Right. And um, yeah, I wonder like what the competition... Well, actually, no, because I was on a work phone call with some other resellers one time, and one of them was in Minneapolis, which apparently is an amazing... Really? Um, they have amazing thrifting and tons of competition, but she was like... There's so much good inventory here. She's like, oh, there's enough for all of us. That's awesome. I was like, drill is. Minneapolis, here we come. <laughs> Road trip. <laughs> so it is harder to find um, inventory in this category. And because when you're trying to source online, obviously it's super competitive because you're not just sourcing with the person your elbow next to at the thrift store. Mm-hmm. It's all resellers all over the country. Um, You do have to spend a good amount of time doing research, which I'm working towards getting better on. I've not been great on that in the past. Um, Right now, what I'm trying to learn are the brands that do sell for $100 or more, but they're brands not everybody knows. Yeah. So like this example of ThreadUpBox, that's not a good example. Those are two brands that everybody freaking knows in the reselling industry. So I'm really trying to learn that and trying to source items that, oh, oh, what? So I have exciting news. Um, the mom and pop thrift store here in town that I love is my favorite. Asked me if I would sell some of their higher end designer luxury stuff on consignment. 
yeah, yeah, I will do that for you. <laughs> Absolutely. What yeah, you, that's exciting. What do you got? So um, I got some brands. I, I think I picked up five-ish, six-ish pieces last week. Um, two of the brands were things I'd never even heard of. So stuff like that, like trying to find these brands that are out there, but again, hard to find. Right. I just lucked into that. I, I'm so, so excited. There are so many resellers that go into that store and that she picked me for whatever reason. It just was such a compliment. And I just felt, um, I just felt really happy and excited and I want to do a really good job for them for this. And so that's exciting. But anyway, it's also given me the opportunity to like, oh my gosh, I don't know these brands. So I'm learning about, so anyway, that's, you know, you've got to spend time doing research. And uh, the, another con, you've got to be careful about like an off offers that you take. Yeah. You um, have to wait for your specific buyer because if you're spending up on these things yeah. and then somebody comes in with a medium offer and you're like, oh, I just want to sell it. I guess I should. And then the next person right behind them could have offered full price and not even right. like there there are items in my closet that have been that I've paid up for that have been sitting for months. That's the other thing. Your inventory at these higher prices are going to sit longer and been sitting for months and I'll get an offer on them and I'll consider it. And then I'll look like, OK, what are my earnings from that offer? And then I'll go back. I'm like, I can't remember. What did I pay for that? Oh. Nope, I'm breaking even. Nope, yeah. not I'm not. I'm just gonna keep waiting it out, and hope somebody else comes along because I don't want to break even on something I paid up this much for. So those are the cons. The pros: you'll make a much higher gross profit with the same amount of listings as someone with the low cogs, and there's far less competition. There's less people selling the higher end items, which to me, like. I guess based on who I follow on Instagram, I'm like, it seems like everybody's selling this stuff. <laughs> all the people I follow are all finding all this amazing inventory. But again, that's Instagram. That's not the reality of probably the majority of resellers. Um, so there's far less competition in terms of people selling that high end, um, selling that sort of merchandise. And then there's, um, well, is that a pro? Less competition of buyers? That's not really a pro. Less competition that you're competing against. Like other people selling the same stuff. Yeah. Which That's is a I pro. Yeah. Okay. Um, another pro. Thrift shopping is not for everybody. If you do not like digging through the bins, going to the thrift store, like your sourcing strategy can be completely different than that. You can stick to online sourcing. You can stick to online sourcing and consignment sourcing. Um or not con like shopping at consignment yeah, stores. Buy, sell, trade stores. You yeah. can get your inventory from consignment clients, which is what I'm hoping to move into um, a lot more of that. So to some people, and I will admit readily that I was one of those people until this year. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to shop at the thrift store. I love it now. Yeah. I think it's so fun. And it's so exciting. I mean, it also flip side is super frustrating when you'll spend a couple hours and then you're like, I'm leaving here with three things. That was or such sometimes a, nothing. That was such a why did I stay here? That was a waste of my time. But it's also super exciting when you have one of those great days and you leave with like 30 items and you're like, oh, I love the thrift store and that thrill of like finding something that, you know, is really good. Um, I love it now. I love it. It doesn't mean I don't leave sometimes super frustrated and doubting all of my life choices. <laughs> Banging your head on the steering wheel the whole way. Home. I am quitting this job. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, I hate the thrift store. But um, yeah, for those of you that just like I'm not doing that, you can't. You don't have to. That does not have to be a part of your business model. Um, and then so in that sense, it's sourcing is easier because it can be more comfortable just from your home. Retail arbitrage, which we briefly mentioned earlier, 
that's sourcing at places um, places like the NRAC sale, um, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, when they have the yellow tag sales, which ours does not have the yellow tag yeah. sale. Or if it does, it's at a different time of year than everyone else's yet to be determined. Um, but that is getting – that's arbitrage is getting your – inventory from another retailer you obviously need to make sure it's been marked down it's on sale um, or it's like maybe an item that for some reason whatever is not listed high enough and you know you can flip it for a profit but that's something that's coming directly from a, a retailer that's not something i have we attempted to do some retail arbitrage when we very first started doing this it did not go very well we no. didn't really find anything you got a scarf i got two scarves um you know and the, what's cool about that is then you're selling everything new with tags yeah but a lot of times those things are stuff that have sat in you know sale racks and didn't go anywhere and then they went out to the outlets and you know they probably have flaws you got to be very careful yeah doing it that way um, um is that it i think that's it i mean we, i hope so we're at 32 minutes right now fantastic for us all right, so let's talk about what our goals for next week are. Um, oh, I think our top goal is to free Brittany. Yeah, I mean, goal number one, free Brittany. Outside of Brittany, what are what are your goals for this week? Goal number two. No. <laughs> um, I am going to, since we had this conversation about our business models, it has inspired me to get in there, put my nose to the grindstone, and start listing a whole bunch more because I've really only been listing like three things a day. What is your plan this week for getting inventory? Um, I was thinking I might try to go to the bins. Oh my God, your dog. <laughs> I might try to go to the bins. Um, and then I was going to check in at the local thrift store, the church thrift store to find out when the next bag sale is. Okay. Um, well, I'll probably go with you if you go to the bins. Okay. I didn't know if you'd want to go. Yeah, okay. I'll go. Um, cause I got to be listing five or more a day. Yeah. All right. And what is your goal for this week? I'm going to try. It's not looking good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to get your main goal. My my um, September goal was to get up to 175 listings. That's just not going to happen. Um, fail. I, <laughs> I mean, you didn't fail, but like you so failed. I know I did. Because I, <laughs> I every time I like this weekend, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to do it. I got up to 106 or 159 listings. I'm like, I can do it. I can get to 175 by the end of the month. But then I sold like 10 things. I'm like, oh, I'm back down to 150. <laughs> I can't break through that 150. Uh. Um, and I don't have, I mean, I have, I'm going to list all day tomorrow and get everything I have hopefully listed. And that'll, if I have zero sales between then and now, that's going to get me very close. But you don't want zero sales. No, I know. I, know. I hope that doesn't happen. Um, it's going to get me very close. Assuming I make no sales between now and end of day tomorrow when I get everything listed, that's going to get me close to 175. I don't know exactly what I have downstairs, but probably in the 15-ish range of things to list. So close. So I just, I want to finish out October. I'm, you know, like I said, I haven't told, said what the goal was, but I wanted to make $2,000 in sales mm -hmm. this month. Like not earned or anything, but yeah. like in sales. Yeah. And I'm very close to that. So I really hope I hit that by the end of the week. Dun, dun, dun. So just going to keep listing as much as I can. When are we going to go to the bins? Wednesday? Sure. Because that's when they open at nine, mm -hmm. right? We've yeah. got to get there. We got to get there like as yeah. soon as we can. As soon as I drop Jackson off, I'll just head to you. Can Jeff take him to school that day? I don't think so. Because <sighs> he has to. He has to be at work before Jackson gets to school. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we'll just get there as soon as we can Wednesday and stay as late as we can. Mm -hmm. Which maybe. Oh gosh, it only gives us like two hours. No, but that's a, all we really need there. We dude, do. I don't know. I'm seeing people. They're like staying for five hours and they're coming out with amazing mm. holes. We're doing the best we can. Okay, we're doing the best we can. All right, so we're going to the bins on Wednesday. 
then hopefully I can get whatever I get at the Benz listed Thursday. Maybe you'll make your goal. Thursday's the last day of the month. Yeah. Crap. And I have birthday prep to do for Zoe's Friday. All right. Her birthday's it's a Friday. Big week. Zoster's turning 10. I've got, I don't know. Okay. It's going to be pushing it real close. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out. I'm just, just, I'm just one person. I'm just a human <laughs> person. Just doing human things. Yeah. Doing the best you can. Doing the best I can. All right. Well, okay. Those are our goals. Yeah. that to be a successful reseller, you actually needed to do research and make an actual business plan. What? Who knew? We got into this thinking we could just shop and list and sell stuff. Do-do-do. But no, this this actually is a legitimate business that needs attention and education and a solid plan to thrive. That's right. And we're trying. We're doing the best we can. <laughs> we're just one person each. Hey, friend, can you... <laughs> can you be our best friends and go over and follow us on thrifter sisters pod on the gram and then uh like share and subscribe this podcast we are seeing a little bit of growth and momentum with the podcast in the past two weeks which is exciting and we would love to grow some more we appreciate you guys listening yes we do join us next week as we talk more britney sourcing and reselling it's, it's a, a real party real up here, party up yeah. in here. Woo. Oh, thanks for listening <laughs> two sisters one podcast thrifters sisters mm. not good Thrifter Sisters! Thrifter Sisters is written and recorded by me, Lindsay. And me, Lacey. Produced and edited by Hot Moms of Seaville Productions. Music is written and performed by Mariana Bell. See you next week! Bye! Bye!